The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff, coming at you live from from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radio Lex app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. Amber Turner is in the studio with me. Amber, believe it or not, this being March the 4th, Mm -hmm. it's not technically March the 1st, but today on the air live, we are going to be celebrating Off the Cuff's 7th year anniversary. So happy anniversary to the greatest talk radio show on the air. Happy birthday to the best thing that's ever happened to me. Thank you very much for saying (laughs) that. I hope more people can say that as well. I I started this show as a podcast back in March of 2014. March the 1st, 2014, as a matter of fact. And so far, we have created 347 total episodes of the podcast. But today is the 89th radio broadcast. Wow. Yeah, April 18th will actually mark two years that this has been a radio show. So, so much has evolved since March the 1st, 2014. I was listening to our 300th episode Mm -hmm. just the other day because that's when we celebrated our six-year anniversary. And I started playing clips of Off the Cuff from the early days, back when it was a podcast. I played you the interview that we did with John Calipari, or his son Brad. Brad, yep. I did, I showed you the, uh, I let you play... Or I played the interview uh, that I had with Dave Buzz Baker yep. from UK. And today, it being the seventh year anniversary, <laughs> I have some more clips that I didn't share okay. last year on the show. But the clips that I want to share, Amber, I'm digging way back into the time machine about okay. the cuff. And I'm going back to early episodes All right. of when this show was just a podcast before it was a radio show. Okay. So the first clip that I'm going to show is, or let people listen to rather, is a little snippet that I did with Kevin Jamal Woods. Do you know who Kevin Jamal Woods is? Oh, yes. Is he from the Little Rascals? He is. Yay. He played Stommy from the Little Rascals. This guy came on, did an interview, and you can check this out. In our archives, it's episode 43, and we're everywhere on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Take a listen at the interview that I did, just a little snippet with Kevin Jamal Woods back in the day. Now, keep in mind, the audio is not like it is today. (laughs) This is very raw, so take a listen. As a child actor and the success of the movie, The Little Rascals, were you being treated any differently, like when you went to school after after doing a, a big movie like that? Um, yes and no, because before I went to do the movie, you know, all of my friends knew that I was in that kind of industry because I had done uh, that other movie. Um, But afterward, yeah, I found people that I knew later that didn't know me that found out that I was in the movie. Right. I mean, they would try to be all buddy-buddy. But even now, like, 
I won't introduce myself as being the kid from the little rascals. I never leave with that. Um, I want people to enjoy me for being me first. Get to know the real Kevin. So I thought that was pretty cool that the little rascal himself came on off the cuff back when it was just a little tiny show. <laughs> the audio wasn't that bad either. Well, I appreciate it. Here is another clip from a interview that I did with Brandon K. Hampton. And Brandon K. Hampton, do you want to take a guess on who that is? Yes, Better Call Saul. It's my favorite show in the world, Better Call Saul. So it was a really big treat for me when I got to bring this next guy on and do an interview with him. Uh, this is from episode 120 in our archives. Brandon K. Hampton, he played on the hit AMC show Better Call Saul with Bob Odenkirk. Uh, Take a listen at a clip from that interview. Yeah, you gotta look at yourself in the mirror sometimes and you gotta be like, wow, is this really happening? Am I really an actor? Am I really... Like, you're on a television show that is watched by millions of people. That has to be surreal to turn on the TV and see it because I'm sure you film most of the episodes and then you're watching them, right? Uh, yeah, I watched the whole season. I watched it from a fan's point of view, and I'm just like, wow. You know, so then when I see myself, I'm like, that's an added bonus, but wow. And then I'm part of a couple, I got added to a couple of, like, the Better Call Saul Facebook groups. They added me to it, and, like, so I thought that was another cool interview. Well, yeah, because that's one of your favorite shows. Yes. That had to be awesome. Yes, but since we are on a kick of playing uh, different clips, yeah, I'm going to also dig back into the podcast time machine, Amber, Okay, <laughs> and I'm going to let you hear, ladies and gentlemen, Amber Turner's first appearance. Oh, wow. Amber Turner's first appearance on the show. This was back in May of 2017. This is episode... 160. Take a listen. With the sake of time, Amber, you know, we've been on the podcast now for 52 minutes, so we won't be able to discuss everything on our agenda. We'll have to save it for our next episode. I know. We'll but have it, to get our next this one. was a lot of fun. I know. I really enjoyed it. Now people get to see a glimpse into our relationship. A little glimpse of what we were like. And, we, you know, we, we gave up. We took a big portion of the show just to describe our relationship, which I think it was good to kind of lay down the foundation because I have a feeling that you'll be in a lot more episodes. There oh. we go. And <laughs> I said that back in 2017. And, and Little behold, did we know. Lo and behold, here she is, like 90-something episodes, 100 episodes <laughs> later. How many episodes have you been on? Too many to count. You know, there was a saying that you don't keep count when you love what you do. And uh, that's what I'm doing. Yes. I've had a lot of fun, ladies and gentlemen, just diving back into some of the archived episodes of Off the Cuff. And I also want to play one more audio clip. And this audio clip is involving myself and the former co-host of Off the Cuff, Nellie Gibson, who started this show with me back in 2014 as my sidekick. And what I used to love about doing the show with Nellie is... There were a lot of times when we couldn't get through a segment without her, uh, or her and I, cracking up at one another. <laughs> so this particular clip that I'm going to play never aired on the podcast. Even. Okay. It was so blooper, bloopered out yeah. that I couldn't even share it. So here's an example of just the relationship that Nellie and I used to have. This in particular clip... I remember I was really excited to do this particular podcast episode because it was right after the Brad Calipari interview. Okay. And I remember talking about how important it was for the show, but Nellie was 
she was having one of her laughing fits. <laughs> so this just describes how the show used to be all of the time with me and Nelly. Take a listen. Finish with this. If this goes well, if this goes well. <laughs> She's lost it. I'm just letting her go. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was pretty much how me and Nellie used to be all of the time. But since Nellie Walker-Gibson is no longer a part of Off the Cuff because she had to move on and do her own thing in life, she is going to be joining me right here on Off the Cuff right now. So, Nellie, if you are listening, I want to go ahead and connect you via Zoom, if you can go ahead and do that. Nellie, uh, or Amber, we've talked about Nellie before. Uh, you and Nellie haven't ever got to do a show together. Not a full show, no. Not, not a full show together. Isn't, aren't you waiting for the day where you and Nellie can come and do a show together. It's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. It's an unspoken thing. We know it's going to happen because the two women that have been able to deal with you in this world, aside from your mother and your sister, uh, need to get together, maybe share some uh, war stories. All right. Nellie, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Hey, good to see you. Did you get a chance to listen to that audio clip that I just played you? That is it's so sad. I mean, <laughs> so sad. Was that not typically you and me sitting down and doing oh, a show? Oh, God. We could not stand it. it. We couldn't stand it. We, we I mean, you, you'd be trying to be all serious and I'd make a face or do something and make you laugh, make me laugh. And we were just, we just had a good time. Well, Nellie, here it is. We have been on the show for we've been doing this show now since 2014 here it is 2021 7 years what do you think of how the show has evolved what do you think of where the show is at today well first of all I want to say happy anniversary thank you but uh i would say that it's a lot more professional and <laughs> are you saying that because you left or what are you saying that for Probably because I live. <laughs> no, it's just because he knows he can whoop me, Nellie. That's it. I might can put Amber in a chokehold better than I could you. <laughs> Nellie, uh, I, I, I do miss doing the show with you. It's been a lot of fun uh, just going back and listening to some of the old clips. Nellie, I, I was... Uh, you didn't get attacked or anything by the flood waters in Somerset, did you, where you're at? Oh, no. No, 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 no. I know in Eastern Kentucky, Amber, where Amber and I are horrible. from, it was horrible. Uh, and horrible. flood waters is something you don't want to mess with. Exactly. Yeah, did you know that Eastern Kentucky pretty much, Amber, got I mean, wiped off the map? It's, yes. It's bad, especially in Floyd County. Not County. Not County, Letcher County. It really got a lot of water. It really sincerely did. A lot of people have been displaced. A lot of property damage. Uh, my heart is completely with our little small town in eastern Kentucky. And I don't understand. Oh, Clay City is is underwater. Just about underwater. Clay like, City, Clay City is. I did see. Did you watch the drone footage of them yes, kind of going? Horrible. That's insanity. Horrible. Mm. And just 
Folks, don't try to cross the water if you are if you do come up on it. A lot of people feel like that they have all of a sudden canoes <laughs> when they get next to water no. and they try to drive their cars across it. It's not worth it. That job will be no. there when the flood goes down. Don't cross that water to get to your job or wherever you need Turn to go. Turn around, can... don't drown. Hey, there we go. Turn around, don't drown. <laughs> Nelly, thank you for taking the time just to say hi, to stop in, say hello. Uh, you're looking good, by the way. I know the folks at home can't see you. You're joining me via Zoom, but uh, you look very happy. Well, thank you, Adam, and I'm happy for you, and I always love you. I love you, too. That is Nellie Walker Gibson, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we're going to have to take our first break. It is, it is a celebratory moment, folks. It is off-the-cuff seven-year anniversary, but we got lots more off-the-cuff to talk about right here after these words, so stick with us. everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also joining me. It was nice to have Nelly joining us via Zoom. So nice to talk to her. This song, Happy by Pharrell, was the very first song played on Off the Cuff when I started it back on March the 1st, 2014. It is the seven-year anniversary that we're celebrating. Also, I forgot to mention in the first segment, Amber, that we have a special guest joining us at 4.30. Oh. Alternative rock band City Awake is going to be on the show. Okay. Yes. You know I, you know I like alternative rock, and you know I like guests on the show, so this might be fun. And I really do enjoy their music. They've got some good tunes. I will definitely say I have enjoyed everything that I've listened to. All right, ladies and gentlemen, moving on here, I, I want to talk about, there's so much that's happened just over the last week since we've last been on the air. I need to talk about this Mr. Potato Head thing. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head is an iconic toy. Did you have one ever growing up? I did, actually. Yes. I had Mr. and Miss. It first hit the toy scene in 1952. And what was interesting about the Mr. Potato Head when it first hit the toy scene is that it didn't even come with its own potato. So what was it? it just was a ju- mustache and, just, and eyebrows? It was just a kit <laughs> uh-huh. that you could use on a potato that you already had to have on your own. Oh, on real taters? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. When they got sold and commercialized, mm-hmm. that's when they added a plastic potato in there for people to use. But it's been around since the 50s. It's an iconic toy. It's one of the most iconic toys of all time. It even made an appearance on Toy Story. <laughs> I mean, it's owned by a company called Hasbro. And they clarified that the brand, the mm-hmm. Mr. Potato Head brand, is changing. But they are saying that the, the that the actual Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head characters will still live on and be sold in stores. They say the Mr. and Mrs. names are less prominently displayed at the bottom of the box instead of the top. It's only going to be a matter of time before people drop Mr. and Mrs. altogether. I am a college instructor. I will not be surprised the day they walk in and say, students no longer are required to call you Mr. or Mrs., uh, even in public schools. You, yeah. know how, you know how you have to call your teacher Mr. or Mrs.? I could not imagine calling any of those people anything other than. I think one day that's going to go away because apparently they're saying now that it is it is not inclusive to say Mr. or Mrs. or to give somebody that identity. So... 
or at least the Potato Head Company is saying they don't want to make it as prominent. So I'm not going to be surprised if the names Mr. and Mrs. just go away altogether. Yeah. Uh, the Mr. Potato Head Company is cr- they're rebranding their. They're making a new line for their Mr. Potato Head Company, and it's going to be called um, Potato Head Family. It's called Potato Head Family, and you can create your own Potato Head Family. You can celebrate the many faces of families, allowing kids uh, to imagine and create any family of their choice, including two daddies, two mommies, uh, and however they want. Um, they said that it will let kids just be able to express themselves even more. What are your thoughts? Um, okay, so, you know, I got real tickled the other day because, you know, we, uh, my husband and I were going to the grocery store and, you know, we were just kind of bantering back and forth about this. And I got so tickled because I thought, you know what? Taters are for eating, mm-hmm. not assigning gender. Mm-hmm. Only thing I want in front of tater is baked, mashed, or fried. Right. That's it. We do not need to confuse our society or make this society any worse than what it already is because we're fighting about taters. Yes. Spuds grown in the ground for nourishment. So is gender just not a thing anymore? Is there no such thing as a male and a female? Does it matter? I mean, at the end of the day, sincerely, does it matter? Unless you are laying down with me to be my intimate partner, does my gender really matter? I mean, if you put it like that, does it matter as far as just like in everyday life? Yeah. Does it matter? On a no. So why why are we making it matter? Well, I feel like well, we, we're in the society now that people we have to have something to worry about because well, we don't have enough people out working in the workforce to worry about going to work. We've got everybody at home worrying about potatoes. But see, we do kind of have to make it matter though because you have situations like the bathroom where in order to go into a certain bathroom, you have to be a certain gender. If everybody was just be whatever gender you want, you didn't have to identify as anything. You can just walk into any bathroom you want. Then it opens up a lot of um, it opens up a lot of room for bad things to happen. I disagree. In bathrooms. I, I disagree. You share when you were growing up in a home, you shared a bathroom with your mother and your sister. That's two opposite, you know, that's two opposite genders sharing the same bathroom. Just because we're going into the bathroom as opposite genders does not automatically mean, oh my goodness, you know, this man's going to try to touch this girl. No. Like, things like this are not going to happen. I understand that there is always a possibility that it can. I get that. There's always a possibility that bad things can happen in every situation that we're in. Well, what we need to do is make sure that we're educating people. If we know that this is a sore subject for people and we, we've already established that gender at the end of the day really doesn't matter unless you're my intimate partner or my doctor. And those are the only two people who should really be asking me what my gender is. Period. Mm. I, I don't know. I, I think that the point that where we're getting to the point to where we are just eliminating gender, I think that seems to be a it's going down a path that's going to be opening up a lot of room for a lot of bad things to happen. But do you think we're eliminating gender or we're just not putting it at the forefront anymore? It's coming to that. You really sincerely think we're going to eliminate gender? Absolutely. I think that eventually if things continue the way they are going, the way it is, we're going to get to a point to where there's going to be no such thing as a man or a woman anymore. Nobody is going to say that's a man, that's a woman. If we keep going down this same mental of we don't need to, it don't matter. It's not a big deal what you are. Well, I mean, but and then and then it gets to the whole point of what makes you a male, what makes you a female. Well, is no, it genitalia? A di- that's a whole different story. It, no, biology makes you a male or a female. 
biology, science. Absolutely. Science. And, and the good Lord above yeah. is, is who, you know, chromosomes, X and Y chromosomes. Right. That's what makes us male and female. I just don't think that, you know... I guess the way that I look at it is if you know I hate the color purple, like say I hate, like again, I'm looking at purple on our sign here. I don't like that color. Would you paint an entire room in your house purple and ask me to come over all the time? No, because I don't like it. So that doesn't mean you have to eliminate purple out of your life. Just maybe don't throw it up in my face. So if people don't want to talk about their gender, let it go. You're not their intimate partner. You're not their doctor. You're not their parents. Let it be. Yes, uh, a lot of people felt very emotional, and they felt like that they had to weigh in on the situation. A lot of people very angered by it. It's funny that some people probably haven't even seen a, a potato head in years, and they're so mad. But also, it makes me think about Dr. Seuss, mm. that he's been in the forefront mm. lately, because six of his books will no longer be published, because they portray people in ways that are hurtful and wrong. Uh, and they said that the publishers have decided to cancel some of his books, the Six titles are, and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street, mm-hmm. If I Ran to the Zoo, yep. McElligot's Pool, mm-hmm. On Beyond Zebra, mm-hmm. Scrambled Egg Super, The Cat's Quizzer. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I've read a lot of Dr. Seuss books. I don't recognize one of those titles. I don't know. Not a one of them. And I bet you I had every Dr. Seuss book that was made. So if you look at the imagery of some of the Dr. Seuss books, he really, really... They're saying that here it says uh, Dr. Seuss had a long history of publishing races and anti-Semitic work spanning back to the 1920s. He did. He said that uh, Dr. Seuss once drew black boxers as gorillas and perpetrated Jewish stereotypes by portraying Jewish characters as financially stingy. Mm -hmm. Uh, The study also argues that since the majority of human characters in Dr. Seuss's books are white, his books... Um, center around white supremacy. And I don't know about all that. If if, if the fact that if the fact that most of his characters are white, I think that a lot of people when they're writing books about, they write about certain what things, they, know. they write about what they know. I I know more about the Caucasian race than I do any other race because that's my own race. Mm-hmm. So um, Dr. Seuss, just because he put more white characters in his book, I don't think that he was practicing white supremacy over that. Uh, but it's saying that um, uh, that he, let's see, in the Cat Quizzer, mm-hmm. in his book, The Cat's Quizzer, there's a Japanese character that is referred to as a Japanese mm-hmm. and has a bright yellow face and is standing on what appears to be Mount Fuji. So in another book, If I Ran the Zoo, the three and only three Asian characters who are not wearing... Uh, consensual hats are carrying a white male on their heads in If I Ran the Zoo. The white male is not only on top of on top of the characters being carried by the Asian characters, but he's holding a gun illustrating dominance. I mean, are we living in a world where there is uh, not supposed to be any representation of white people at all? Because if people are saying that having too many white characters in movies or books or TV shows. I mean, are we saying that we just need to do away with white representation because it's been done to death? I I don't... So I don't think that that was the original intent on this. Now, unfortunately, the Facebook warriors that, you know, we see get on there and they're constantly stirring the pot. I think this is what this has uh, has grown from is a pot that's been stirred. You know, the, the actual publishing company has been working on this for an entire year, pulling these uh, these titles off the shelf, pulling them out of print. 
So if the publishing company themselves took it upon themselves to say, okay, we're going to go ahead and pull these out of publication, um, why are we not sending them these questions? Why are we arguing with each other over something that we don't even have a clear picture on? Maybe they took these off because they can't afford them. Maybe they sold the rights to them. We have no clue. And I just think that, you know... We have so much hostility right now that this was the first thing people picked up on. And now all of a sudden, it's another source uh, of negative energy, and it's another it's another battleground. Zach says on the show thread, he says, I think this stuff is ridiculous, but both of these events were at the discretion of the makers of those products. I'm beginning to think it's PR, he says. Have a product people have forgotten about. Put it at the center of controversy. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be talking about Potato Head and Dr. Sooth Dr. Seuss otherwise. That's I a great that's a great point, Zach. You know, how many years have went by without hearing about Mr. Potato Head? I I ain't talked about Tater Head since I was about ten. Right. So. I mean, and yes, Dr. Seuss is one of the most famous authors in the world, but how how many times have you seen Dr. Seuss in the news in the last ten years, unless it's been Dr. Seuss Day? Well, but how many times have you read Dr. Seuss in the last ten years? I bet none. Well, I have because I have some nieces. So okay. I, I have read well, I have I bought I usually buy Dr. Seuss books for them for Christmas. I'm a big Dr. Seuss fan. And I think that the Dr. Seuss day in school mm-hmm. was celebrated by a lot of schools. Yeah, loved it. Uh, uh, some of the famous characters from Dr. Seuss books have went on to do iconic things. They've mm-hmm. made movies. Uh, they've done TV shows. The Green Eggs and Ham book. The Cat in the Hat book. Those books right there, mm-hmm. some of the most iconic books ever written. Horton Hears a Who. Horton Hears a Who. That was one which of my was, favorites. Which was a great Jim Carrey adaption, <laughs> by the way. Not the uh, Grinch that stole Christmas. That was not a good rendition. Was The Grinch was Dr. Seuss, wasn't it? Yeah, but Jim Carrey... I wasn't feeling it. I like scary. I like the movie, but I like the cartoon better. Yes. I do like the cartoon better, but crazy stuff. And I, I think Zach really put it in a nutshell of kind of what's happening. I mean, it, it's a good theory. I mean, it, it could be PR. They're putting themselves in the center of attention, the center of controversy, because when people are involved in controversy, people are talking about you. Yeah, nobody was Nobody was talking about Britney Spears a month ago, but... Now, over the last three weeks, that's all everybody's talking about. I don't know. I talk about Britney Spears a lot, but you know I love her. So, Well, it is that time, ladies and gentlemen, where we are going to have to take a break. And when we come back, we have a special treat for the audience. We have the band City Awake that's going to be joining us via Zoom. I'm looking forward to talking uh, with them. I'm hoping all their band members can join. Justin Tackett, Sean Cottle, Ian Dozer, Nicholas I'm hoping that's how you pronounce it. I'm hoping they all can join us via Zoom, but we'll just have to see. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with the band City Awake. Stick with us. everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also joining me. Amber always gets excited when we have 
music. Yes. People from bands come on especially, and I'm happy to be joined by the band City Awake. Joining us via Zoom, I have the band members, the vocals, guitar Justin Tackett, on guitar Sean Cottle, drums Ian Dozer, and on the bass, Nicholas Turlia. Guys, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Pretty good, Adam. Thanks for having us on, man. Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time out to uh, sit down and talk with us uh, for a bit. So tell me, how did you guys come together as a band? Yes, so Sean and Justin were were already playing music together, and they needed a drummer, and Justin just happened to call me one day uh, asked if I could come over and just sit with them, and I really the right they were coming up with, really constructive. And then um, recently we have Nick, which is um, a bass player I've known for years. We're really happy to have him on board. Do you guys hang out with one another outside of recording music together? What are some of the things you guys like to do? We try and hang out as much as we can, but uh, pretty much all of us, we're all, well, we are. Um, We all have family, so... uh, you know, we try to get together every once in a while and just just get a bite to eat. We don't really uh, we don't really go out and do a, a whole lot of party or nothing. We just enjoy each other. So, back in March of 2020, the pandemic came in and it hit like a tornado. I mean, it shut the country down. And that in, that really affected the music industry. I'm talking live performances were shut down. Uh, tours were at a standstill. How has the pandemic affected you all as a group? Well, unfortunately, we had to cancel uh, several uh, gigs through last year. And, um, you know, it, we rotated early Lexington. The pandemic really hard, and they, they will never open up again. Um, so uh, it's been pretty difficult body um you know make it through it week nick i see you down there was i saying your name right a while ago buddy nick turley you said it turlia you said it uh i I think you said it right it's turlia t-i-r-l-e-a turlia all right so we're going to be playing one of your songs on the radio it's called listen talk about that song what's it about what went into creating that song so listen was well all of the songs that we've released so far were actually written before i joined the band uh listen itself it 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 kind of it has to do a lot with relationships and and the toxicity with it you know how how not listening to a person can can really turn things sour and, and what that person has to do in order to overcome that you know what i mean and uh different things like that and you know there's there's more meanings behind our, our songs they can really mean whatever you want them to to be honest uh just you know there are different different metaphors in there that kind of say different things or can kind of be interpreted different ways but uh, that's the overall vibe that i get from it so when you guys do sit down to make your music what goes into that creative process well one thing that we all like to do we kind of like to just play around you know usually ian is like the god of drums so he starts out on the drums and then we all kind of fall in with him and you know it's just like a trial and error you know just like any other band does you know what i mean just throw stuff at the wall whatever sticks you know that's how we roll with it you know 
But we also try to be, like, creative, though. You know, not like the regular old, like, cookie-cutter, like, stuff or sound. We try to throw, like, little leaves in there and try to spice it up, you know, just to be different, basically. When you guys do get back to live performing, uh, I'm, which I'm sure you're looking forward to, uh, what is it that you like so much about performing in front of an audience? The sound of the crowd whenever we finish one of our songs. It's one of the most best feelings to be able to look out there at all the people that have paid their money to do come and see you and support your band, loving your music. Bro, it's one of the best feelings in, in the world. And me and all the other members of the band can all attest to that. It's great, man. All right. Well, kind of strive. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a, it's an adrenaline rush, man. That's what live performance is all about. It's about the adrenaline rush. So as a band, you guys have to rely on each other for a lot of things. It's not a one man show. I mean, you guys have to, uh, depend on one another to create music, uh, to perform your music do you constantly live in fear that someone is going to quit and mess up the whole dynamic of the group? I've, I've often wondered that with musical groups because it is such a reliance on each other. Uh, do you live in fear or, or is that just something that you know you're going to be together till the end? Uh, honestly, I can say with this, with this group of guys, we're all on that same page as far as what we're trying to do, what we're trying to do. Uh, what our goals are, and these guys, I wouldn't waste my time, honestly. If it, if it, if it wasn't for that, I mean, they're they're great. They're great dudes. They're it's it's a, it's a family, you know. Um, we're all in a mess together. We talk every single day, uh, so we all communicate with each other. Hopping back onto what Ian was saying, like. This band right here, like, before I got into this band, like, I was just doing scales and just noodling and had no idea where I was going. But since I've been playing with these dudes right here, me become a better musician. Like, the way things that Ian told me that just told me that Nick told me, like, it's all helped me out so much. And uh, I love these guys, man. You know, we've been in a band for over two years now. I couldn't ask for a better people like it it influenced my life positively being around these three dudes i I love it man absolutely love it and I love you all too. We are looking forward to hearing your new music here on uh, the radio. Tell us where people can find you on social media and where they can find your music. Absolutely everywhere. On all streaming platforms. We have a Facebook page. You can like us at our Facebook page. We are on Instagram. We're, uh, yeah, we're, we're streaming on Spotify. Uh, all of them. Yeah, yeah, literally everywhere. Just look up City Awake and you'll find us. Well, guys, I really do appreciate you taking the time to joining for joining me on the show. Uh, and man. <laughs> now we're going to uh, play for the first time ever on the radio. We're going to be playing their song, Listen. And it's a great song, and it's going to be Off the Cuff's Song of the Week. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is City Awake with their song, Listen. (laughs) 
That's great music by a great band. I hate the fact that the audio wasn't a little better for that interview. So I think they did great. I know, I know, it was nothing that the band did. It no. was, it was all, it was all just technology. It's technology. It's just the way things are sometimes. It's just the lagging and uh, all that stuff. But I, I, I do uh, hope that the audience did get to hear that interview clearly because I'm not sure how it sounded going across the air. But the guys did great. I really want to thank them for coming on and doing an interview. Yes, and you make very beautiful music, so thank you for putting some beauty out into the world, guys. It is. And folks, again, if you want to uh, hear some of their music, as they were saying, they are located on all on all streaming platforms, uh, but you can also uh, get their music on Instagram at City Awake Band. Go to YouTube at their City Awake channel uh, to access their music. But we're going to take one little small break. We got one more <laughs> segment to go here on Off the Cuff. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also with me. Last segment of the hour. Amber, things are slowly starting to get back to normal. Tomorrow, restaurants will allow up to 60%. It is currently at 33%. Things are slowly but surely getting back to a new normal. I can feel it. Before you know it, I'm going to be... It's sitting at a baseball game. Drinking a beer. Having the time of my life. <laughs> We'll be able to go to clubs and dance. I am so down to go dance. You like this song? Oh, you know, you told me you were going to make this grow on me. Remember telling me yep. that? And, and I still don't like the hook, but I love... I love the beat. Our girl kills it every time. But restaurants, they are opening up to 60%. Things are really starting to get back to somewhat of a normal. Alabama is saying that their football program will be having 100% capacity Wow. During their football games next year. Okay. Yes. Stuart Bell, who is the Alabama Univer- the University of Alabama president, mm-hmm. he got together with the athletic director and the governor, Kay Ivey, mm-hmm. and they who is seventy six years old, by the way. Uh, Republican governor, who have they've all got together and they think that they should move forward with 100% capacity at Alabama football games. And what's funny about that is how many people can fit at that stadium. I would say this is going to be a, just a crazy number, so please throw it on me. 100,077 people. You're kidding me right now. <laughs> can fit into that stadium. And they're not going to just have 50% in there, 60%. They're going to have Hundy. 100%. So they are saying that uh-huh. 100,000 people can legally walk into their stadium and have a good time. Hey, I'm all about it. I, I don't know 100,000 people that like Alabama that much. Oh, there is. Come but, on. Because everybody is an Alabama fan because they're good. Mm. And 90% of their fans are mm-hmm. fair weather. Are, I'm serious. 90% of their fans. I can't wait for Alabama to one day suck because they will once Saban leaves. And I can't wait to see the fans just drop off. Well, Just like these Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans oh. will drop off once Tom Brady leaves. <laughs> Leave that man alone. But, uh, 
yeah. Crazy times. Uh, looking forward to football uh, in the fall. Uh, well, but okay. So, so we're going to sixty percent tomorrow with restaurants. Yes. Okay, but have you been seeing our good buddy Texas? State of Texas, you know they're they're, they're already like one hundred percent back, like yes. as of today, right? And I don't think they have a mask mandate at all in Texas. In Texas, so I was doing a little perusing before we came on the show today, and you know I got a little worried. You know, I I I, I like to think that you know we we've taken this pandemic pretty serious, uh, especially here at Off the Cuff and Radio Lex, uh, and you know we do that because it is serious, mm-hmm. and we've seen how it affects people. So I was so happy to read that even though Texas done took away the mask mandate, if you won't go shopping in Target, you better slap that mask back on because big box retailers are now saying if you want to shop with us, you still got to wear a mask. Thank you. Really? Yes. You, you think the masks work? I ain't had COVID. I've, that, not, I've not had coronavirus. That you know of. Well, you know, if I did have it, then my body did not get down the way that I'm gonna go it ahead. most people. I'm going to go ahead and say that I probably already have it. I already, I have already had it. And uh, I'm not making an announcement that I have it. <laughs> but I want to say that I probably already have had it because how have I not? I mean... I live in Lexington. That is a yeah. cesspool of COVID, and I still have not got it that I know of. Now, I could have been asystematic and never and never just knew I had it, yeah. and I hope that's what happened. That way, my body could build up a little yeah. bit of immunity to it. But, uh, yeah, I just think the whole mask thing, I don't mean to get off on a soapbox with the mask thing, but... Some people's masks are so dirty, they don't wash well, them. And I'm like, if you don't need to worry about catching COVID. You I need to be worried about catching something off that dirty <laughs> mask that you put on the table, that you put on the bathroom floor, that you put in your pocket, that you put in your lap. Those masks, that's... Well, you know, you know how I feel about the masks. I'm wearing my mask, you're wearing your mask. We wearing our masks, people. If it comes down to wearing masks... Uh, if they allow us to do things and all we got to do is wear a mask, mm-hmm. I guess. I'm fine with it. I mean, I'm not okay with it, but I'll tolerate it because well, I don't want to have to go to a football game and keep my mask on the whole time. I want to be able to drink pop, eat my popcorn, eat my nachos and cheese because that's part of going to a football game. How about peanuts? Yes. I don't want to go <laughs> to a football game and yeah. not indulge into everything there is about going to an in-person game or the, or I would just sit at the house yeah. and just watch it. So I don't want to go with a mask on and watch a football game. I don't want to really do anything. Casino, vacation at the beach. I don't want to have to go wear a mask. I want to be able to do things like we used to do back in the day, <laughs> back in 2019. I don't know if we're going to be able to fully get back to the way we used to do things just yet. Not just yet. I think we're moving into that into that direction, hopefully. I mean, hopefully this 66% thing will move to 100 quickly and they'll drop the mask. Thing. I'm excited to know where we're going to go eat since we've got a bigger selection that we can go to without waiting in line longer. Yeah, it's not going to make a big difference like you think. 30 to 60%. I think that's just going to open up maybe four or five tables. Hey, sometimes, though. That's about a 10-minute wait. It is. But I do look forward uh, to things opening back up. Uh, Before we go, we were talking about football. Mm -hmm. Did you hear about the Oklahoma football players that got into a little tussle in the bathroom? (laughs) No. Yes, they got whooped by two people. Uh-huh. Little dudes. And I love it. I love it when little dudes win a fight. <laughs> okay. Because 
Jim Ross, the famous WWF announcer, said, "Those who think that tough guys, or those who think that short guys aren't tough, just never had their butt kicked by one." Except he didn't <laughs> say that, and that's true. Well, yeah. Little people, short people, they can fight, they can tussle, and they will roll with you. Don't don't think that we won't, because we will. <laughs> don't think that we won't. And the Oklahoma football players, these little Sooners, they got into a fight, yeah. flexing their muscles okay. against these younger guys. And let me tell you something. These guys, these little dudes were MMA fighters, and they, oh. didn't, they didn't know it. Yep. He... They flipped them over like Kurt Angle does a Triple H with the Olympic Slam. I mean, they they treated him. It, it looked like Stone Cold Steve Austin in there beating up Mike uh, or Spike Dudley. Oh, jeez. I mean, knocked one guy out because he, he suplexed him into uh, the stall. Okay. Nothing better than watching guys fight in a, a floor Full of pee. Well, you know, uh, if we'd have just had us a camera in there, it would have been like uh, Goat Dust and Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Porta Potty all over again. Wouldn't that be awful though to get into a fight in the bathroom? Because that's like I couldn't think it's of the a, nastiest floor. I couldn't think of a more unsanitary place to get into a fight than a bathroom floor. Yeah, because like at one point, like I probably would fall and be like, "Wait, man, I fell in some pee pee. Let me get up." For just How a funny second. would it be if it if it was so gross that both parties in the fight was just like, "Hey, man, look, can we, let's just let's." Just Squash this because this floor is really disgusting. Or like, hey man, can we take this outside? Because I don't know if I can handle the smell. <laughs> it, yeah. But if they had their masks on, they'd be fine. But I loved it. So these little MMA fighters, uh, they did whoop on these football players. And TMZ has the whole video of it. So you can oh, seek that out and, and find it. But ladies and gentlemen, it is about that time for Off the Cuff to call it quits, at least for this week. Uh, I want to thank City Awake for joining us. It was always uh, fun to sit down and chat with them. I want to thank Nelly for yes, joining thank us. Thank you, Nelly. Yes, Nelly, thank you for joining us uh, the first part of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow Off the Cuff on all social media platforms at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. You can follow Amber, the co host, at Ambu447. You can follow me, the host, at The Adam Banks. You can catch us every Thursday from 4 to 5 with new episodes. All of our episodes are posted to all podcasting platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Amber Turner. I'm Adam Banks, and this is Off the Cuff, and we will see you in the next episode next Thursday from 4 to 5.